This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Darren Ash, Chief Information Officer for the USDA's Farm Service Agency in Washington. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry provides individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with FSA's Darren Ash next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. The National Crop Insurance Services provide individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Darren Ash came to the Farm Service Agency just over a year ago, bringing a career including work at the Department of Transportation, the Internal Revenue Service, and the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Ash directs the agency's IT program and provides guidance on modernization projects. Since coming to USDA, he's come to appreciate the nation's investment in rural America. You know, I've had the pleasure and opportunity to, to go to a variety of our county offices across the country. Uh, and yes, that is rural America, and these are small towns. Um, and, and clearly we are a significant presence in, in those locations and to be able to support those that, that, uh, that we work with. And when I think about what we do, whether it's loans and payments, disaster uh, assistance, uh, we are making an investment in rural America. And, and for me, and when I think about that, that's jobs, uh, both sustaining jobs and job creation. I think that's an important and, frankly, a really neat thing that we do. You know, even as I, as I visited those county offices and had the pleasure of meeting some of those that we serve, you know, I really come to appreciate both through those interactions as well as interactions with our employees about we have different types of customers. And so really for me, that speaks volumes about how we have to evolve as an entity, as an organization, to better serve them and to best serve them. And I'm going to come at it from an IT perspective. I'm not a policy guru, uh, but really when I think about the technology and when I think about our customers, we've got customers that want uh, to do things differently. And, and frankly, my, the, my thinking about this has evolved into really the concept of, of multi-channel. We, uh, really what I mean by that is we have our customers that want to conduct business and feel that they need to conduct business at a service center, at a county office. And I have to be able to respect that. And we have to provide the, all the necessary services that we're uh, ever, possible to, for them. But we also have customers across the country that want to be able to con- conduct business. It could be from their mobile phone. It could be from, the, from their computer. We have to be able to provide those types of services, too, uh, for where they are. And so really it's the evolution that, and, and, and really the direction we go uh, from an IT perspective is really around that concept of serving our customers for where they are and what they need. And that means that our technologies and, and the things that we provide and the means that we how we provide it have to evolve, too. You think there's a relationship between the advances uh, that came about at the IRS, I mean, even to the point of being able to electronic file now compared to what we were doing before? Are there similarities between the advances in technology at, per se, the IRS that will help to bridge the gap with the FSA? I believe so. And, and you, you mentioned about IRS. You know, you're right. I started my career there. And, and actually one of the neat little anecdotes that I still recall and still can visualize is, 
you know, the, the big push back in the early 90s was around this concept of electronic filing. You know, now it's uh, almost, it, it is a given that we, we as a, a nation, as individuals, through different ways, different forms, and different, through different means, can submit our, our information, our tax information, directly to the IRS. And I recall visually just being down in the basement of the main IRS building years ago, and, and this was, it was a much easier time for me because it was the, the easy form, but to be able to type in my information on a green screen in a little kiosk. And really a lot of the conversation was how big can this program be? And I think there were a lot of criticisms, concerns about could it ever achieve 20, 25 million electronic filers? Clearly that's very different, and what we've achieved as a nation is very different today. I use that as, a, as an example of, again, a, a technologically all things are possible. And when I think about how we can best serve farmers, ranchers, and producers, is how can we make it easier for them to conduct business with us? Part of that is, you know, I think about crop reporting. Uh, that was one of the first and big things that I experienced after my arrival was the crop reporting season. Uh, and how our, our, our customers provide that information to us, particularly around peak period. Uh, clearly some of them could walk into a county office and provide that information, but clearly some wanted to go through, uh, their insurance agent. Um, and provide it that way. Um, but for us to enable that, both today as well as in the future, gets to standards. The only way for the IRS to enable uh, electronic filing was through the creation and promulgation agreement on different standards. So whether it was through Company X or Company Y, there was a common a way to define information and for the IRS a secure, viable way for them to ingest or to to get that information from, from the, the, the submitter. Um, that's when I think about how can we collect information, get information that we're required to collect, and do it in the most efficient way. I find that you're taking some of the information from farmers now from their machines, from planted acreage, from the planters, from the production, from the harvesting machine, a far cry from the way that it used to be, and almost preferred data and trying to share data between agencies. Uh, clearly, advances over the years have enabled um, our farmers and, and producers to be able to collect important information for them to conduct their job uh, and to perform their, their work as efficiently as possible, to know what's been planted, where, uh, and so forth. Uh, and so there's a variety of, of really cool ways to be able to do that. But if you think long-term, and, and really even today, is how can that information be easily taken and given, again, through different ways to us? And you've also talked about information sharing. That was the whole point about Acrecy, which is the Acreage Crop Reporting and Streamline Initiative, which we went live with back in spring of 2015. We share common customers and require common data between different agencies, in this case the Risk Management Agency and FSA. How can we work together to make it easier for our customers to provide that, whether they come to us or they go through their approved insurance provider, we want to make it as easy as possible. From a technology standpoint for your FSA employees, how are they equipped today? So they are on modern technology, but I think maybe one of the things you were referring to is something that you know was one of those eye-opening moments for me, that we were still uh, on the last legs of using some very, at the time, back in the 1980s, very cutting-edge technology. Um, and for, for those tech-savvy listeners, it was the, the System 36, the AS400s. We only retired those last year. And so moving that data to uh, more modern capabilities was important. Um, you, know, you talk about our, our core of our workforce is our field, 
our field employees across the country. And one of the big items that was a, a pain point, and even today is, is still a pain point for some, obviously, a good number of offices, is bandwidth. Uh, bandwidth is something that without adequate bandwidth, uh, it makes it tough for that office to operate. And that's something that collectively between FSA and our partner service center agencies, Rural Development and NRCS, along with the department, put together a, a, com- a complete plan to get all of those offices up to more modern bandwidth capabilities. Darren, is there a particular minimum standard that you hold for county offices, and and how many of those are operating under that particular level right now? So the typical standard is moving away from a T1 line to Ethernet. Uh, and really, when we think about that, that's truly modernization, particularly for, for a number of these offices. As of today, uh, over a 1,000 have already migrated or have been modernized. Like I said, another five, 550 are underway now. So that leaves us with Openly, obviously, for FSA, roughly 2,200 county offices that need to be uh, up to speed, and uh, that'll be addressed between now and the end of next fiscal year. Darren, this is a very broad question, but I think it makes sense with a land-based agency. What role does imagery play in the facilitation of programs and contracts with producers? The first thing I always think about now is that we're a land-based agency, uh, truly a land-based organization, and so... Uh, part and parcel to that, core to how we operate, has to be about imagery. Um, and that means, you know, if you're coming in as a, uh, to report your crops and what you planted, uh, that common data set, that common set of information is going to be about that map, that image. Uh, and so we have a clear and, and absolutely undisputable definition of really what that common land unit is, what, what the boundaries are, uh, and understanding you know, what you planted, where you planted it, um, and you planted it in the right area, and for that I would touch into the conservation area. Um, those are all key components to help us better understand uh, really what's going on across the country uh, and obviously for our customers to be able to provide information or report to us. Farmers are spending much more time concentrating on data that comes from fields, and a part of that is visual imagery to give them condition of crops and to to outline particular areas that may be in greater need of management. But from the FSA perspective, you're working on a historical element of bringing in some very old imagery. And what you're referring to, again, is, is part of our National Agriculture Imagery Program. And what you're making reference to is the fact that we've been acquiring aerial imagery of, of the land for probably almost 75 years. Uh, and what that means is if you go back, we didn't have digital cameras back then, obviously, so we've got a lot of film. Um, and so when I think about all the film uh, housed out in Salt Lake City, uh, particularly the stuff that's in the film canisters and large film canisters dating back to the 1950s, you start to, Im- start to scan that, start to, to digitize that, then start to marry up with obviously the information and the data and the imagery data that we have that's obviously now in digital form, you've got a much better perspective I think as, as, a, as an organization, FSA, USDA, or the federal government, or private entities, to have a better appreciation for really how has land changed, how, is, how have things changed, how have things evolved, and how it can be used to inform po- future policy decisions or other types of actions that, that, that need to be taken. It's an amazing asset for, for not just FSA and USDA, but for the federal government 
for us to have that comprehensive a perspective and view of, of our land, of our nation, is amazing. You're talking about thousands of canisters of specialized film and literally petabytes of information. Specifically, how do you see that being used today or even in preparation for a 2018 farm bill? All of that imagery is used in different forms, not just by FSA, but our partner agencies as well, not just within USDA, but you know, another organization of, of, that comes to my mind is, is Department of Interior. Um, but there's private sector organizations that use this as well. I mean, they we use it to support a variety of programs, whether it's it's conservation programs, disaster programs, any whole host of, of different types of activities. They use it for different things as well. You know, I, I originally from California, and I, I remember reading about all these stories of late of the of the drought and the impact that's had on on some of the national forests out in the California area. Imagery is important, especially time lapsed and and over a period of time you can get an appreciation for what the impact of, for example, a drought has or infestation, pine beetles, etc. From an imagery perspective, it is a critical way for not just our organization, but for those organizations as well to be able to conduct their business. Darren, how do you evaluate the current system of data storage with FSA uh, and then the need for data sharing as we approach new policy? You, you referenced earlier about the, the amount of data that we have. And obviously for imagery, especially as we complete the, the digitization of a lot of the, the film assets that we've got, we're talking petabytes. And in fact, I think our, our current estimate is about 11 petabytes. That's a lot of data, a lot of information. And then couple that with other information we've got uh, that we collect annually. You, your reference and, and question about storage is important. This is where you know I think it is going to be important for FSA and the broader USDA to take greater advantage of cloud-based technologies, cloud-based storage. And this is for us, is working directly with the department of making sure that we've got the right strategies and right approaches to efficiently and effectively store this information. And most importantly, make sure that it's readily accessible and available uh, and usable, uh, whether it's for our systems or for our customers. Darren, I want to move to a broader area, if I can. Obviously, you've been with the Farmer Service Agency now for uh, just over a year. What work is still being done toward implementation of the 14 Farm Bill? And even though it's not written, what work is being done already in preparation for the writing of a new policy and certainly the implementation of a new policy? Thank you. That's a really good question. And that was one of the things... You know, you reference about the time, you know, obviously my arrival, we were just nearing the end of the conclusion of our work to implement the 14 Farm Bill. Uh, and so that helped better educate me from talking to our employees, our leadership team, departmental leadership about how did it go? What went well? What could we have done differently? My impression is that this was one of the best implementations that we've had. I'm not sure ever, but one of the best implementations. Um, and I'm going to speak from an IT perspective. You know, my, my impression is is that we got it done. Uh, we got it generally in the time frame that was directed, uh, and it worked. And so I think that's that's an impression point, a good impression for me about what's possible. Now, if I start to turn to 18, really for me and for the organization is. You know, I project that or assume that uh, the next Farm Bill will show up in the next year and a half, sometime at the end of calendar year 2018. And really, that, that became the basis for my overarching goals between now and next year, which is fundamentally what do we need to do differently within IT 
to better prepare us to support the Farm Bill, to support our customers, to support the mission side, and respond in a timely and an effective way to the requirements that come down. Uh, I, I use that as, a, as, as the basis or as the starting point because we know that with any Farm Bill, there are new requirements. There are change requirements. Those requirements do work their way into different systems. It could lead to the creation of new applications to support a new program, a new policy. Uh, it could require a change to an existing application, a new system. And so for me, um, what we've done is make it, it really establishing a set of goals and a set of initiatives that can best prepare us for the next farm bill. I don't think any farm bill is easy to be able to implement from an IT perspective, but I want to make it easier for us. And for that, it means focusing on, I want to say, about four or five different things. And I'm going to stay within the IT space because it does ultimately make it better for us and, and for FSA. Uh, one is making sure that we have a clear line of sight of our programs and how they relate to the different missions. We've got a large group of systems. We want to clear that up and actually really make that clearer for us and clearer for management. We want to be able to appropriately and effectively manage new changes that come in, whether they're large changes or small changes, and having different processes and maturing those processes that we've got today. We want to make sure that we've got a single point of entry so we know when changes come in, we're able to manage them, again, from a process perspective in a clear way, in an organized way. We also want to be able to manage and organize for success, which means in all likelihood changing the way that the IT organization is structured to make it a much more seamless an integrated way for us how we deliver software and deliver our systems. Uh, and I think the other thing, and again, I'm going to tie it back to the new requirements and other things that would come down with a farm bill, is we've implemented, obviously, a large number of applications. We did it, in some cases, quickly, um, but we may not have made all the right decisions or best decisions. Again, I, I don't want to lose sight that the applications work, but there's a technical term that we use and we think about, which is technical debt. One of our objectives is to start to buy down that technical debt. And really, by that, really the objective, the thought is, is, is as we do that, when new requirements come down, that we're able to implement those changes, those requirements easier. And so that it's a multi-pronged strategy, like I said, to make and really to help us respond even more effectively when the next farm bill shows up. Darren Ash, I want to thank you very much for spending time with us on this edition of Open Mic, sir. I've asked you a lot of questions, and it is Open Mic, so you have an open forum. Jeff, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about it. I'm very proud of what FSA does. I'm impressed by what FSA does in the time that I've been here. Uh, we do important work in investing in rural America, and clearly IT is a major component of it. It's an important component of how we serve and serve our customers. The things that we've done to date, have been incredible. We've got a lot we can continue to do and continue to improve, whether it's imagery or preparing for the farm bill, the next farm bill. Uh, and I know that we're up for the task, and I know our organization is up for the task. We're excited about our future. Jeff, I want to thank you for your time and the open mic. Our thanks to Darren Ash, Chief Information Officer for the USDA's Farm Service Agency in Washington, our guest this week on the open mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. 
Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Nally.